Yeah. Yeah. Coming to you every week from Sydney and Melbourne. It's full disclosure. The Jono and Dorge Podcast. Jono and Dorge. Full disclosure in the raw. Raw, raw, raw. Jono and Dorge. Full disclosure. No holds barred. No holds barred. Okay, welcome to the Jono and Dord Show, full disclosure, episode three. Jono, how you doing? Oh, it's coming in hot, mate. Mate. Good to hear. Good to hear. How's your week been in Melbourne? Oh, it's good. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm happy to do a little Melbourne update for you straight You'll away. Go, go into it if you like. Yeah, be my guest. Yeah, it was, a, it was a long weekend in Melbourne this weekend, George. I don't know if you guys had in Sydney a long weekend. No. Do you have my no, off? No. Nice. No, we, we get more holidays than Sydney. Uh, not as many as Tasmania, but quite up there as far as states go and it was i think a labor day or something like that and uh a lot of people are away for the for the um golden plains which obviously you and i ha- had a, a rollicking time at about five years ago full disclosure mm, we did yeah uh, yeah so um i wonder if you remember any of that but i went to thievery corporation oh yeah that's right you did I went and how was that yeah, do you, do you remember them? Yeah, um, what are they like a dub group or something? What do they do again? So is it, is it like atmospheric or something? Refresh my memory. So they had that big, that, they had a big song of Cafe Del Mar. That no, not my memory at all. Tubler, though, Tubler's okay. cool. It's uh, that's, that's a G. yeah. No, it was a Zitara Tubler. Okay, that's cool. Bit of East West One Hundred One there. Bit of a East West. They're from Washington DC, and they they were they were a big kind of band in the the nineties. It's a three piecer. Uh-huh. But yeah, went went when uh, wandered off. To that with Tommy Nissen had a free ticket for me. Great. So you found a new act then, 90s. So you sort of sort of uh, updating the <laughs> updating the, uh, the the tastes. It's great to hear, mate. I don't want to I don't want to find anything new. I'm happy with what I've got, mate. I just keep going to the bank of stuff I like. A little band I found called the Beatles, mate. They're looking pretty hot. You can take it from me. It's, uh, <laughs> it's called the best of the Beatles. I'll pass it on to you and uh, let's just say you'll be on a good thing. You'll be the coolest guy at your next foray. No, no, no. It's very cool. Not according to Quincy Jones, the Beatles. No. They're not so great. No, he thought they were pretty poxy. But yeah, so I went. Yeah, he said that was shit. He said Ringo was shit. Did he say also Brando um, slept with Richard Pryor? That's what he said, didn't he, recently? He did. He yeah. did. And then they fact-checked it and Richard Pryor's uh, wife or, you know, widow yeah. said, yeah, I'm straight. And she, and she said that's because the drugs were so good back then. Yeah. That was no excuse for us. <laughs> Quincy said Brando fucked everything, right? He's like, well, Brando just did everyone. He just, he he said good. fuck a toaster <laughs> or fuck an oven or something. Yeah. No, it was a great interview. That was a really great interview. He also said he knew who shot JFK. Right, that's true. He did say that. Michael Jackson was a thief. A thief. He said he was a thief? Yeah, stole lots of other people's music. Oh, okay, that sort of thing. Yeah. Smooth criminal. Yeah, very good. Very good. That's um, brilliant. Um, so, yeah, so you did Thievery Corp. Um, and so that's your, your Melbourne update for the week. That's your, that's your cultural activity because it's very cultural in Melbourne, all about the arts in Melbourne, aren't they, really? Absolutely, and and we it was at the forum, which is a beautiful for those who haven't been there. It's, it's it almost looks like um, something out of a, a Zeffirelli production. It's uh, very Romeo and Juliet. There's a balcony. Have you been there to nice. the forum? Of course, yeah, I've been. Of course, I've been mm. to the forum. Yeah, yeah so. everyone was in their mid forties, 
in there with a couple of friends. No one really was looking to interact with anyone else, but it was a super friendly vibe as well. It was like, oh, I was, it was, or if I had a, had a joint on the dance floor and I uh, thoroughly enjoyed hold, it. Hold on that. So, but no one was looking to interact with anyone they didn't know yet. It had a super friendly vibe. Yeah, because everyone was like, it's like their one night out. Like everyone had got the babysitter in. They were like having a great time, but they were also respectful of other, other people's great times. What happens if you didn't have any friends and you just went by yourself and you wanted to meet people? I think you'd get you'd get politeness and friendliness, but no one would continue on the interaction. You'd be you'd be you'd be doing the heavy lifting, like you and most interactions. You'd be pushing pushing hard. That's Melbourne for you. So in Sydney, you'd rock up and you'd, you'd be welcomed in as long as you're you know aesthetically relatively pleasing. You'd be welcomed into the conversation. You'd be given a short window, and then you'd be able, you'd need to move on. But uh-huh. you'd have a great time. Whereas I find in Melbourne, if people are like nah, I'm with my mates. Nah, not interested. A little bit more of the cold shouldery type thing in a friendly way, not like, yeah. you know, get out of here, but it's like just a blank sort of look of disinterest generally a lot of the time in terms of interacting with people that aren't part of one's crew. Luckily, I haven't, via your um, humongous networks in Melbourne, I haven't had to deal with very much of that, but I think overall that's my impression of one of the differences between the cities. You're famous in Melbourne at the moment. You've, you've really cultivated a bit of a legend. That, that I've caught up with old school and all those guys at the Labour in Vain before, mm-hmm. even before the um, whiskey and, yeah, they all send their love. Old School's quite a n- notorious friend of Jono's, dear listeners, and uh, he's uh, a teacher, a well-known teacher in Melbourne, and I'm sure you'll be hearing much more about his escapades. Because <laughs> yeah, he's also the only single person left in the group, so he's really, he's putting it out there thick and, thick and far. He certainly is. He's really putting it out there. Now, on that note, I thought we'd um, go into a little thing which we've probably been a bit reticent in, in doing, and it's... um. Uh, I'll call it the Who Am I section. And what you often see oh, it's a new section. It's a little section, a little uh, segment, if you will. Look, it's, it's a one-off, I think, really. But it's really just to refresh or, or at least inform listeners about who they're actually yeah. listening to. And, but I thought I'd give it a little bit of a twist, uh, a fun <laughs> twist, Jono. And what I do is it's a bit like a dating program where you have to <laughs> sort of say what you know about your partner and then the other partner can find out how close they are. Now, obviously, we're both heterosexual men. We have our ladies at home. I just want to clarify that for everyone, not that it matters if we're not heterosexual. But the point of the matter is there's two uh-huh. of us here. Basically, Jono, you're going to say, what you know about me and I'm going to say what I know about you for ah. the listener's pleasure, whatever you think is relevant. And look, I'll handball to you to begin laying down the law as to who is Georgie Swallow. Oh, great. Well, that's this will be one of my favourite segments because the, the longer I get to know you, George, and we've known each other, full disclosure, for oh, go, going on 15 years probably, that's isn't right. it? Like, yeah, 15 years. Yeah, because right. we, did, we did a Shakespeare tour together about 15 years ago and we spent seven months touring Australia. And- you, I, I see you as a bit of a Don Draper character because you, you're very, well, you're open about yourself, but you, I, like every couple of years I'll find out something really strange about you that I had no idea that you keep quite private. So what do I know about you is you are you're fascinating. You're a fascinating creature. And um, so, and I'd say I probably know you better than most people. So I think in this podcast, we're going to be peeling back the onion of of dorgy swallow and finding out more about him like i only recently just found out uh that you oh no i well you lived in portland for a bit bit you did quite a lot of bit of traveling as a very young man oh you, you had a quite a traumatic experience at a, a school camp at a at a young age which i think you know we should we should talk about at some stage but you know maybe when people get to know 
know us better. Just more of a resume thing, John. More about, you know, uh, we're, just looking, we're not looking for a, a psychoanalytical breakdown. Just, you know, parents, uh, degrees, you know, the training, you know, the stuff that really matters, you know. We're going to go into the therapy okay, stuff so you just later. want me to pump you up? No, 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 I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Well, hang on, hang on a second, because I think this is inter- this is interesting. That's not um, after a couple of joints at Thievery Corporation. Oh, I did. I was yeah, yes, yes, go on. talking to uh, a yoga teacher, and she we had an interesting. She was talking a bit too much about yoga, but she was saying she's in power flow or something like that. And they they got her up on stage in front of a hundred person people, and they said, "Who are you?" And she said, "I'm you know the the daughter of Steve and the the sister of this person." They went, "That's not who you are." And she broke down crying. And so she she's trying to now that they believe that you're not your experiences, you are your 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 essence, which I don't they they, they call it your story. But yeah, who are you, George? You um you studied uh you, you Wait, can I just say can I say <laughs> I th- th- thoroughly agree with that tangent. However, yeah. I think via the course of the podcast, all that other stuff about who we are really will come out. This is really just a presentational uh, little little tick box things to tick off, like you know, uh, what are we engineers, plumbers, you know, like things like just simple things like that. What do we what do we look like, or what are our parents like? You know, just simple okay. things that we know about each other. And then that can be the the door. That can be, if you like, Jono, that can be the um, image that is ripped apart segment by segment, um, uh, episode by episode, until the true person, as you said, is revealed. So you're thirty eight, turning thirty nine at the end of the year. Oh no, in July is that right? Is your birthday July, August? I'm going to let you get to the end and I'll tell you what you're right or wrong. <laughs> okay, okay. Fair enough. Okay, you're turning 39 in July. Uh, you're a, a cancer on society. Uh, you, um, you finished high school at the, the ripe age of 17, still a virgin, and went and studied arts law at Murdoch University uh, where you majored in film. You did a bit of modelling. You even wore a, um, a G-string on a, uh, one occasion in a modelling shoot. Uh, you finished your degree. Uh, you used to wear trench coats and I think at one stage you had blonde peroxide hair and you, you looked quite scary uh, from photos. You then got into NIDA at a very young age, at about 21. Uh, you did three years at NIDA, so then, bang, you've already got two degrees. Um, and you go for the Fremantle Dockers, you go for the Portland Trailblazers. You're incredibly passionate about those two teams, as you are passionate about Everton, the football club. Uh, you've, um, you're a serial monogamist, but in between uh, girlfriends, you do a lot of, uh, lot of work uh, as, a, as a notorious pants man around Sydney. Uh, you love a good vino and a cheese plate, and um, you're a fantastic friend. Very good, very good. Yes, um, close thereabouts. Uh, it was actually three degrees because I had the, the law and the arts degree and then the NIDA degree. So That's that was said. three degrees. Oh, yeah, I was, okay. You said two. You said two. Okay, well, it's yeah, a you double. You cut me off a degree there. Yes. yes, that's true. Um, and you didn't mention the fact that I'm Tibetan, half Tibetan. That's oh, one no. thing. My father's Tibetan and my mother's Australian. They met in uh, Nepal and uh, I was born in Melbourne, slightly unusual background-wise. I think I was one of the first Tibetans to be born or, or someone of Tibetan blood to be born in Australia. So it's a relatively unusual fact. But, yeah, apart from that, bang on. Um, I'll just slip straight into you. Oh, but it's June 21st, by the way, so June. not July, not cancer, Gemini, Gemini. So yeah. that's all right, though. John O'Burns, what to say about John O'Burns? 
Burns. I met Jonna Burns uh, when we were doing the Vell Shakespeare Actors at Work tour. First year out of drama school. It's where you tour around for a year in a Tarago performing. Jono, at that stage, uh, he had a sort of squiggly hair and looked a bit like a young hippie, but very much in his element. Had just come out of, it seemed like, freshly out of drama school. He went, of course, to the, the actor's studio in America where he was on full scholarship. Prior to that, he went to Melbourne Uni, which is one of the top universities, as he keeps telling me, in the world. He did quite well there. Well, he went to the wrong classes quite a few times, but made many friends by doing so. Prior to that, he was a Melbourne grammar boy. I like this, I'm going backwards. Prior to that, he was a Melbourne grammar boy. He famously had uh, a love, well, still has a lovely sister called Beck Burns, who's a, is a osteopath. Yes, yes, I'm pretty sure she's an osteopath. His father, Creighton Burns, was the editor of The Age for a very long time. I, mm, this is, I have got his biography at home, but I'm going to go locking around 25 years as the editor of The Age, but I, I could be off on that one. Jono himself is a Torian, notoriously stubborn, hence the belligerent Burns moniker which he wears with pride and that could be from the scottish side because there's a picture a creighton burns picture a picture of creighton burns in his old apartment which no longer exists which don't let me stay in once on that picture creighton is saying if that's going to be your attitude i'll walk home and he's um, walking home in his kilt and so it seems like it's very much a genetic thing and hence this it's an outrage section being perfectly pitched in terms of johnny they're, they're they're the sort of the boxes tick oh i should say his mother is uh israeli no she's not his mother is jewish and so he has a, a strong Jewish tangent as well that he's inherited and very proud of. And that, that goes right back to throughout his family bloodlines. And he's just recently reconnected with many of them. Uh, well, not recently. He's connected with them over the course of his life. And Jono has a, a lovely partner. He, in terms of the opposite sex, Jono has had many peaks and troughs. The troughs have been well documented. He loves sharing the troughs. He's not so big on sharing the peaks, which is very admirable of him because he wouldn't want to put everyone off uh, dating and, and feel like they were inferior to him. So it's a very sweet gesture on his behalf. But yes, overall, big fan of the Bombers, the Essendon Football Club, big fan of switching sides to a better side <laughs> in any sport uh, as long as they're doing well. That's his major criteria. He likes watching high-quality sport, he always says. So, for example, the New York Knicks, who have long been his club, have been jettisoned, it seems like, at the current time because, of course, the Golden State Warriors are much better. So, yeah, he's known for doing that, but he's a very fond admirer of high-quality sport. And I suppose in that way, one has to at least doff their cap to his appreciation for things performed to their utmost. And that, even in terms of utmost performance, one shouldn't forget that he won the History Award when he was at Melbourne Grammar because he hasn't forgotten. He reminds everyone consistently <laughs> as well. So, you know, lots of things to admire. Um, a very fun man. He went to Goutier, famous went to the Goutier to study clowning. That's one thing we shouldn't forget. So he's really gone out there and searched and tried to add to his cultural palette, add to his resume. But as he's pointed out to everyone, that's just one part of him. He's also very fond of the musical festival experience. He's done many eclipse festivals, has done famously done quite a few Burning Man festivals. He's certainly added as much as one can, or you might say sampled as much as one can from life, it seems, and squeezed a lot of experiences. He's gone to the Antarctic. He's done things that you would never even think were possible in such a short period of time in his life, yet he has done it, and he will do much more. And that's one of the great things about John O'Burns. Wow, that was, that was, that was lovely, man. Thanks. Uh, Thanks you had time to research a little bit. No, I didn't. But, uh, I, the, um, I didn't. I didn't really. Oh, you're off the top of your head. Okay. Yeah, it's off the top of my head. Uh, because you famously said in the last podcast that you don't like to research, it's better just to do it. <laughs> I just feel it's better if you just just, just do it. Uh, yeah, Dad was only editor for 10 years. Damn. But that's still a, that was a long time. Still a long time. You were killing it there, And it was the Classics Prize. Ah, oh, shit. What did I say? History. Well, it's just a form of history, but it's Greek history. It's Greek history, yeah. 
Yeah, Damn. Just the, the, I knew it was the classics. classics. I knew it was the classics price too. That's anyway. okay. That's okay. No, I've messed it up. Really well. No, we should just <laughs> stop the podcast. No, it's a complete <laughs> waste of time now. I look like an idiot in front of everyone. Anyway, yeah. um, well, that's 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 good. I'm glad. I think we've ticked all the boxes there. Uh, that's a yeah. good sort of forerunner. I think that should give some people a taste of what to expect. And the great thing is, is that might might you could say, John, in your words, it's a bit of a jubu tangent, if you will, with the yes. uh, the. The, the Tibetan Buddhist and, and, the, and the Jewish. Not that I can barely claim to be a Buddhist, and I'm not sure how you feel about claiming to be a practicing Jew. I, I, I think we're both terrible. We're both, yeah, we're we're both terrible. bad. I'm a, definitely a bad Jew. And I'm a very bad Buddhist. Yeah. Is it a very yeah. bad Buddhist? <laughs> I'm, a very, very, I'm a very bad Buddhist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're a bad Buddhist. But you've, you've, yeah. no, you've, but you've got some of the core elements. You're very generous. And, you, you know, you, attachment, you don't have big attachment issues. No, but I, and I've never used it to get my leg over. Can I just say that, that I've is, never used that is that. absolute rubbish. I've never used it to get my leg over ever. I haven't. Oh my goodness! This I is this you've, is the you've, lie I've ever you've heard. gone into the hippie market much more than I have. You used to go to Conk Fest or whatever, Conga Fest, where you're all banged and, what, with, and wearing said, no I'm clothes Jewish or to get laid. No, well, you you just do dancing around in your fisherman's pants and stuff and your singlets How's with that? your tie dye and I'm. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not a market that I've mined where I could have mined it with, you know, a great degree of probably success, you know, if I chose I, to. I, I've, heard you, I've heard you just come up with the most ridiculous things to get laid. I find it just impossible to believe that you haven't dropped in your um, Tibetan to get laid. Have I've you seen me do it? I can't, that's my problem. I can't, I can't recall an, an, an exact incident, but I've How about heard- this? How about this? I've heard this some triple, crowd. I've heard some for. absolute dribble come out of your mouth in order to get laid. I think about what crowds I've gone for. I've gone for preppy private schools. They don't. That doesn't register on their radar. Quite the opposite. You look like an idiot. So you pretended to be Jewish to get laid. Yes, I, I have done that. Yes, that but then you felt guilty and you didn't go go ahead with it. Well, it wasn't. I, it wasn't. I felt guilty. It's because I didn't. Well, I, I'm not circumcised. She was a virgin, wasn't she? She was. Yeah, yeah, but she was a virgin, and she said, "I want my first person to be Jewish." And you're like, oh, "I'm Jewish." <laughs> and then you realise. So, so yeah, that's the thing. You didn't even do it because you didn't want to be a bad guy. You just knew you'd get caught with your um your helmet. Yeah, and also she was very well connected in Bondi, and I just thought if it went pear shaped, it would be. I just imagine being run out of town in every like Sababa, all my favourite Savion, all my favourite spots in 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 Bondi. So there was serious. If she was hot enough, would have you considered circumcision? Yeah, what well, she was very attractive, uh, but I also yeah. felt a bit guilty. But it was, it was, I think, it, yeah, it just it wasn't a good scenario, and it was also because she gave me numerous chances to tell the truth. She said, you know, this is if you ha- if you're not Jewish, please, because you don't look very Jewish, please do tell me now. Because <laughs> and I went, no, no, I am, yeah, no, definitely, just found out, just found out through a, uh, a, a strange family. Well, then you could have said if you just found out, you don't need to be circumcised. So I think. You could have you could have done it, and I think you didn't do it because you're a good guy. Because you know you you have the Buddhist actual um, fundamentals inherent in you. Yeah, I like to think so. I like to say. Well, let's let's now we've we've gone through that, and I've shared that lovely tidbit with the audience. Um, should we well, move on that's, to? That's an ongoing. I think that's an ongoing thing. Is like you know what is us? It? Just us being so bad at our actual religion. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's true. We're, we're terrible. Really shocking. <laughs> really bad. Like for shocking. instance, I'm I'm not going to uh, Pesa. Uh, in in two, in two weeks, like I've said no to go to Pesa because I'm back. Being back in Melbourne, I'm around all my Jewish family, and uh, there's yes. regular Friday night dinners on. But I just don't go. I should just clarify: she was overage. She wasn't an underage. It was, it was, it was, there was no problems with the age bracket. Oh, that's good, mate. Yeah, I just want to make that very that's, clear to the audience. Well, why would you have to clarify? Because well, she's a virgin. virgin. Yeah, yeah, and I, I was quite young at the time too. I wasn't, you know, some creepy old creep. I was like, you know, twenty twenty five or twenty six or something okay. like that. Yeah, so yeah. I wasn't completely lecherous. 
so moving on to our, our next section of shit dodgy said to get laid. <laughs> I lived above I lived on above the balcony and I used to like try and sleep while you were just talking people into submission. Just absolute drivel. Just, like, I just don't think it's people aren't interested in that sort of stuff. It's, it, it was a lot. It was a lot, a lot of name dropping, no doubt. I was freely Tame Impala, Matt Okine. That's why I wouldn't. Be, that's why I don't believe it. You wouldn't I say I never use Matt Okine. <laughs> I never use Matt Okine to get my leg over. That's, I, that's never the time. You once told me you slept with ten people by um sh- like promising to like have like meet Matt Okine. He's just he's just here. He's just here, and they're like, "This is your bedroom." Like, no, no, he's just he's just coming. Just take your pants off. <laughs> that's an, that never happened, and it's, it's, it's a little bit a little bit offensive uh, to many people. Gentlemen, George, full disclosure in the raw, 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 raw. And this week in episode three, it's time for it's an outrage. Shh. If you want to talk in the oh, movie, this is taking shh. too long. Oh, oh, this is on. taking too long. Oh, no. Oh, oh, this is a joke. terrible manners. Terrible this manners. Not funny. Funny. It's not funny. It's not bad just, anymore. Just- it's belligerent burns with It's an Outrage. Hey, George. Yeah? I hate the smell of piss in the morning. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, this is the smell that first smacks me in the face, that first singes my nostrils when I open our front door that faces the bin plattered lane on Ligon Street in Carlton. Now, Honey Babe and I knew that when we were moving in above a bike store that there would be some bins and things like that. But piss, George, nay, human piss, every day as I open the door and then as I walk back and, and walk back in, I have to, I have to hold my breath to, to avoid this smell. And it, it, it drives me, it's driving me to distraction. And the other day I actually noticed uh, there was, because there's an indentation in the front step, like a little indentation, and it was filled with with liquid. And we're in a drought, George. We're in a fucking drought. Mm. Dry as a bone in Melbourne, yet I've got this little watery thing on my fucking thing. And I, and I, I just can't stand people that, that piss on concrete. So every day I hold my breath out. Uh, uh, when I'm walking back in, I've got to walk by these guys on the, the hawkers, on Ligon Street, as I walk by, they've got there's, a, there's a Italian restaurants ever, and there's these two men, one tall, one little, always with their, their same uh, spiel: pasta, pasta, free entree, pasta, pasta, free entree. I see them every day. One, they look like heavies. Where maybe ten years ago that that would be murderously scary, but they're now in their seventies. One's got a moustache and he's got a bowler's hat and he wears a vest. And the, the littler one, the meaner one, pasta, pasta, free entree. And then when you walk by them, when they think you're out of earshot, they they give you a send off, pasta, pasta, free entree. No, fuck off, go fuck yourself. And, and I've noticed that these guys, they even do it. Uh, they 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 tailor their uh, send-offs to um, different people. So an Asian person walked by the other day and they're like, pasta, pasta, free entree. No, ching, chong, ching, fuck you, Chinaman. They're, they're rude, yeah, really rude little bastards. Uh, I walk up to them and I say, look, you know, guys, you, you realise I walk by here every day. Um, you don't have to tell me. And now, so now they just shoot me death stares. So anyway, I'm walking back uh, home uh, um, the other day. I hold my breath. I um, I, I walk I walk uh, uh, in and then I uh, walk out again because I've left my my helmet uh, upstairs, and so I walk back in again. Um, and as I walk out, I see the little guy from the corner. He's pissing in the alleyway. He's pissing right next to uh, one of the bins, and 
I know who it is now. I know who the guy is, but I, I don't know what to do because, you know, these are these are nasty little bastards, these guys. So I'm, I'm fucking furious though. So I'm pacing around going, should I tell this guy off? And instead I go in to see the bike guy who we live above, Bryn, and I go, mate, uh, that little guy from the thing, he's pissing in the lane. He's like, yeah, he's there every day, Jono. He, he pusses there every day. Uh, he's, he's a regular pusser. And he, apparently this guy, he... After his job, after working as a hawker every week, he double parks his car outside the bike shop and then pisses either on our door or on the laneway. And so um, I don't know what to do. Uh, it, it, it really pisses me off. Uh, I, I've always hated it. I remember uh, with being with a, a mate in North Melbourne when he pissed on the concrete and um, telling him off. Uh, I have very heightened sense of smell. And this guy's like marking his territory on my door like a fucking dork, like a dork. So that's my uh, belligerent burns round of the week. Appreciate it. Very much a return to form from no form. So brilliant, brilliant to see if you give it a good nudge. And I don't think anyone really enjoys the smell of urine, especially in the morning. Uh, Bobby Duval, like napalm. Uh, but, yeah, it, it is like napalm. In, it's disgusting, it? mate. It's disgusting. And um, I didn't yell. I wanted to yell, but but uh, I'll, maybe I'll yell next I, You know, I think if you know from Acting 101, you're not trying to sort of – you don't say act angry or yell. It's about, you know, finding what it is that really uh, gets your goat. And well, now I see him all the time him there like you know he, he doesn't say pass the pasta to me because he knows I, he doesn't know that i'm onto him but he knows that i don't want any pasta from that place. there's no way i'm gonna fucking eat at that place would you have you did you say you set up a camera there before have you set up a camera no that's an idea yeah that's an idea to catch him like i'd like to actually you know like a dog get his get him by the back of the head and, and put his nose in it yeah, yeah you can't do can't that you? though can you, you can't do that. So. <laughs> who are these guys though who are they why, why are they Got a job. Like, they're not they're not helping business. I think this guy's inherited them. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been a fan of the hawker f- phenomenon. It just makes you want to walk past. Although I must say they have got me in with the offer of free wine before when I've walked past yeah. the Ligons. Yeah. They, that's the only time. If they say, pasta, pasta, free bottle of wine, I'm like, oh, well, you know, maybe it's worthwhile. But that was pre the TripAdvisor movement where one would now look through reviews and, and choose from there as opposed to getting um, roped in by the offer of something like a free bottle of wine. The ones with the good reviews don't give away the wine. Yes, which leads us to good reviews, leads us to the, my next segment today, which is in the news. What's going on in the news? What's taken our fancy uh, in the in the world at present? And I believe, Jono, you'd like to say a little bit about the David Warner sledging phenomenon. Right. It's, it's, um, it's really heated up and it's happening in real time, mm. uh, the, the Warner stuff. Uh, I've got a few quotes for you. But basically, if, if, you, if you're just catching up, guys, uh, David Warner... He's got a, he's got a, he's got form as a sledger himself, but it all it became almost world news, definitely world cricket news, yeah. when David Warner was walking uh, with with all the other players uh, in inside, like on the ramp, and he actually decided to, to take it somewhere physical with um, the wicketkeeper of of South Africa. Mm-hmm. There's a funny name, De Kock. De Kock. De Kock. Yes, yes. What's funny about that? Sounds like nothing funny about that. The cock, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, and so apparently he was saying something about Warner's wife, Warner says. And Warner said about that, he said, I would have just liked him to make to say the comment a little louder instead of muttering it under his breath to me and to Tim Payne. Then walking up the stairs and saying, I didn't say anything as soon uh, as, as, as soon as the rest of his teammates came out. Uh, we're all men. And if you're going to say something, look someone in the eye and say it. 
I can't see anyone else making comments the way he made them, which are outright disgusting. It's a thing you wouldn't say about any lady, especially someone's wife. Mm-hmm. When it comes to family or racism, comments or anything like that, it's just a no-go zone. Okay, So that's basically what he said. And so we found out the background on what they were probably saying because the um, the crowd have actually got involved as well. It, it, ha- it happens that David Warner has a very beautiful wife who is a, a triathlete and um, she had Candace a- Candice on. Yes. And she had a, a one-off uh, incident in a toilet with Sonny Bill Williams. Look, it, it was a one-off incident. But Candace certainly dated quite a few sports stars. <laughs> she was with oh, a, careful, a George. What are you careful here, mate? What are you? Well, well I think it was allowed to date whoever she wants. I'm, I think it's completely fine to do so. I've got no problems with that. But what I, th- I believe the nature of the actual sledge was not just about Sonny B. Bill Williams, but about the fact she had that he Dave Warner was far from the first man in line, so to speak, as her choice of paramour, if you and were. She's- She's like into all sports. She was dating a couple of rugby league guys. She dated Staker from the West Coast Eagles. She, I didn't know that. Did she? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what she dated? She dated the guy from Little Britain, not an athlete. Did she? Um, oh, she was with David. Yeah, and she dated. Yes, he was. And it was Matt, Matt Hanjack was the one I was thinking. He was actually rugby union. So, actually, she's yeah, quite. Yeah. She's actually. Codes, yeah. And she, she's, because she's a triathlete, she does yes. all the sports herself. Yes, yes. So, I guess she'd call, you'd call her a triathlete of sex, but even more because she also went to tennis. Watch. And she was with one of our one of the pod's favourite tennis players. Do you know who it was? Who was it? Who's she with? Who's your, who's your daddy? Um, who's your Wally Masur? No, oh, Bagdadis. She was with Bagdadis. Yeah. yeah, that's wow, pretty cool. He's pretty cool. Huh? Yeah, he's so the coolest of the lot. He's a lot cooler than the other guys. That she's <laughs> so cool. With. He's super famous in Melbourne because he's had his best results here by a mile. I think. Did he make a final? Yeah. Yeah, Cypriot, the Cypriot wonder. Yes, he's he's. Yeah, he made a final and. He's one of those guys, he's a bit of a curios uh, in the sense that you feel that he's not always trying. Yeah, you do. Well, yeah, it certainly certainly seems to uh, rev it up a little bit more when um, when there's a crowd behind him. He really responds to the crowd. And there's a huge Greek Greek population in Melbourne. And so as a result, there's not that Cyprus is Greece, but they're- Yes, you know. we shouldn't make that mistake because he's very, he was pro the Cyprus independent movement, I believe it was. Uh, Big time. Big time. Yeah, and he, he was- got me offside when he was saying some anti-Semitic things. He was caught saying yes. some anti-Semitic things. But- he loves a good feed because basically every Suvlaki place you go to in Melbourne, there's a photo of Baghdadis enjoying uh, some um, some lamb in a, in bread. He, he's a big fan, and so yeah, he, it seems like he was out eating. Who is it? Who is it? I love that. <laughs> who loves it? I mean, apart from vegans and, and vegetarians and pescatarians, but who doesn't like lamb and, 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 and a lamb gyros? I mean, please, it's just fantastic. It's too much meat. It's I, I, it's too much meat. You just can go easy on it, I suppose. But um, the thing with the Dave Warner thing, and Candace aside, she can date whoever she wants and she can see whoever she wants. And and, and in terms of the sledging itself, uh, at poker, um, I play poker as, as dear listeners, as, as we've course, explained yeah. before, um, that was a big thing you don't go into. Every Monday. You don't, every, Monday. every Monday night. You don't sledge family. But I think the Australians are the ones that came up, wrote the book on oh, sledging we're, of family. We're going to get into this. We'll get into it because it's um, it's it's absolute bullshit. I mean, it happens all the time. And I think Warner would be one of the major exponents. I mean, he's a renowned sledger. So, I just found it- We don't bit- know. We don't know. We don't, yeah. Ex- I mean, that's that's what everyone- It's it's oh. it's rife. It's good. It's Any grey area is fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, that's what he said. But it also, it what he's saying smacks very much of the woman is- uh, your woman is your property kind of thing. Like he's oh, very much so. Well, yeah. he's he's 
yeah, I've got not a lot of time for him. And there was a talk last night about the fact that the Gipelli reign was the start of the sledging, the way the, what what it's led to now. That he was under his reign, it was when it really started coming out. And but then they've actually pointed even way back to Bradman in terms of the body line, in terms of going in and really going mercilessly in for your opposition. You know, pummeling every point of weakness. Well, that was shocking, and 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 people didn't like that. And it's that thing about what is what sport for? Is it is it just about winning, George, or is it about playing the beautiful game? I mean, like it's just like if you're going to win that ugly, like with body line, it's not a coincidence they haven't done it again because it's just like it takes all the joy out of out of sport. Yes. Um, So yeah, that's that's. I think there's something in that. There's 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 so much I'd like to talk about on the Warner issue. Uh, we, we can do little tangents away. Tim Lane, uh, who's already got two mentions in this podcast because he not only wrote uh, wrote a lot on concussion, he also just wrote about um, Philip Hughes's death and because the inquest just came out uh, about it and sledging was part of the inquest because, unfortunately, Doug Bollinger yelled um, at him, we're going to kill you. So you can imagine how bad Bollinger felt as after what happened. mm so they're kind of they were kind of inferring, and so that's come up in a few articles because other people have said, like you know, sledging's fine. And on on another um, tangent off that that thing, um, the guy that killed Sean Hughes, I'm uh, sorry, Phil Hughes, um, just hit somebody else in a um, a shield match. Did you see that? No, I mean, no, I yeah. didn't see that. It was awful footage because it was a Victorian New South Wales game, and he he bounced oh, no. him, hit him in the head, kind of like stared down a bit, a bit walked towards him, and then. He was the one that caught the guy as he kind of fell over and he got done with oh, concussion goodness. protocol. But can you imagine how fucking yeah. scared they'd be on the field when I don't think if he's on a hat trick, I don't think I think he's done I don't think he's he'd ever bowl again, would he, if he killed somebody else? No, I mean, well, I can remember the Sheffield Children's, I think we spoke about this before, but there was a guy called uh, Carl Rackerman for Queensland who was famous for his, his short pitch bowling. And he had this action, this sort of corkscrew action, which would you pitch it a, a sort of halfway down the pitch and would just rock it up towards your face. And that was his go-to. And then surprise, surprise, I remember Mike Valletta playing for Western Australia getting hit in the face um, and then just running like a like a chicken with its head cut off. I'm sorry to use that analogy, but he was facing his hands with blood everywhere. And it's just, um, yeah, it's, I wish I could. Because that's it's, yeah, it's, it's an awful. Sorry, I wish I could say it's surprising, but it's not. I mean, it's it's about as surprising as as gun as as gun law control in America, and then what happens in the schools. If you're going to short, if there's going to be short pitch bowling unregulated, which thankfully they're doing more and more of it, and you're going to use it to intimidate batsmen, then unfortunately people are going to get hurt. Yeah, but it's also about this thing about the sledging stuff because it's it's not like yeah. sledging in um, in football or soccer or any of those sports because it there literally is a massive power dynamic because you, it's a it's yeah the, uh, eleven two. and Smith eleven guys well, on well, one. yeah you got yeah, right there but two. yeah you're right eleven on the one and and they're all they're all around him and Smith the current captain he yeah. he uh, I think he's going to get if he's swayed it's going to be public public um pressure because he says he's all about aggressive aggressiveness and he even calls it hunting as a pack that's what mm. that's what they do so it's like he's describing bullying basically but um in real time mm. uh, so yeah so the south africans um started the crowds st- a bunch of them started wearing um sunny bill williams masks and a uh, a couple of officials got mm. caught photographed with them so it looks pretty bad really them. yeah you didn't hear, oh yeah, yeah it's this is it's real time and um yeah. And now Rabada, the 
pace bowler for them. Um, he's got yeah, heaps. Very good pace bowler. Very good, very good. He just got suspended mm. um, for two matches because he he uh, gave Smith a nudge, didn't he? Yeah, nudge. It's so him. innocuous, but he, he, Smith actually takes even a little while to turn around. But I guess any con, they just they don't want to turn. It's not a physical game; it's a mental game. Uh, and um, he also gave someone a send off. And of genteel origins, let's not forget that. That's what that's what some of the talk was at poker last night. The the the, the great sports. What we love to see is the um the honour behind the sports. You know, it's a mental struggle, as you said. It's mm. not supposed to be big buff heads barging into each other and saying, "I slept with your with your girlfriend or your or your or your wife's a you know a so and so." But I mean, Doc, who's one of the poker players last night, said, "You know, well, I play cricket with so and so, and we said you're you're pretty fat," and everyone laughed, and that was it. And I was like, "Yeah, but that's not really going to put someone off their yeah. game." You know, and and so if you look at it, as you said about trying to put someone off their game, saying you've got a big bottom or whatever, and then giggling with your mates probably isn't going to do it. So you know, you can see why that they start yeah. reaching towards the bottom draw, if you will, for some really offensive stuff. And I believe you have a list of uh, a couple of the, the the absolute perlers to share with our beloved I do, listeners. Mate. Yeah, I do. hit me I do. hit me with a couple. Refresh my memory. Glenn McGrath seems to pop up quite a lot. Yeah, he'll, he'll he'll be in there. He'll be he'll definitely be in there. Uh, okay, so um, give, give us a couple of your favourites. Well, I, I've got quite a few thoughts. So we'll start off with Merv, Merv Hughes. We all remember Merv Hughes. Yes. So um, Javid Miendad uh, uh, said, hey, Merv, you look like a fat bus conductor. And then uh, Merv got him out with the next ball and started yelling out, tickets, please. Tickets, please. Tickets, please. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's Merv at his best because we'll, we'll get to Merv a bit, a bit later when he's not as good. Then we got, I just want to take a segue to like the actual psychological cutting, not funny. One that, and I think that was introduced with Steve Waugh, with Border and then Steve Waugh. He famously um, said to Herschel Gibbs, how does it feel to drop the World Cup when Gibbs dropped him? And then mm-hmm. he was right. So it's just, just a bit, mm-hmm. bit cunty, really. And then uh, another one he did was in a Sheffield Shield match. He was um, trying to get, what's it called when you get centre with the middle stump? He was, oh. oh, yeah, you're uh, your guard, finding a guard. He's doing that for way too long. And uh, Jamie right. Siddons was in second, second slip. And he goes, Jesus Christ, mate, it's not a test match. And he turned around and he goes, yeah, you're right, because you're here. Bit cunty. Very good. Yeah. Jamie Siddons was well known for, unfortunately, never really cracked. Great, one of the great Shield players and never played hardly any test cricket. Did he ever get, did he get a test? Did he get a cap? I think he did, yeah, I think he did. But, yeah, he, yeah. he's had the record, I think, for most runs before. I think yeah. that Buff, Buff scored a lot of runs as well, as did Mark or Buff Lehman, famously. Rod Marsh to both. Yeah. And what I like about this, it's pretty much, um, from here on, it's pretty much just people uh, getting the bully. Like it's that, that's the thing we like a power imbalance. We like people. We don't like people going down. We like people going up. So Rod Marsh to both of them. Oh, this is a strange one, George. He goes. So how's your wife and my kids? See what he's done there to both of them. And then both of them goes. Mm. Wife's fine. Kids are retarded. Yeah. See, that's very non PC that one. But you can see how at the time it would have been laugh out loud hilarious. But um, we don't use terms like retarded. Anymore. What do you actually mean? Rod Marsh has got bad sperm. Yeah, I guess the implication is that um, Rod Marsh doesn't pass on the best genes when it comes to um, physically and mentally. We have Merv Hughes. I like to call him Diplomat Merv. Okay. Uh, after every delivery, Merv, uh, when he was playing the West Indies, would stare down the wicket and give uh, Sir, Viv Richard that, Sir Viv Richards the hairy eyeball. And Viv Richards returns to him and says, Don't be staring at me, man. This is my island, my culture. We just bowl. And then Merv replies, in my culture, we just say, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like no, no script writer would come up with that that dialogue. No, I thought the, just, just, my favourite one is the the Magrata Edo Edo brand. But hang on, I'll get I'm getting that. Yeah, yeah getting it's the that, best one by it. far. Yeah, yeah. And, and then so then Merv uh, Merv the Charmer. This is another story about him. Uh, he um, gets hit for four consecutive bar- boundaries by um, by Viv Richards, and then uh, and then he walks down halfway down the pitch. Merv does and farts loudly, and he says, "Let me see you hit that to the fucking boundary." <laughs> Just disgusting. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I thought I was waiting for the punchline. <laughs> it was. A, it was a fart joke. I, I think these are the great sledges of all time, and you're giving me fart jokes. Tickets, please. Is as good as Merv gets. Like apart from that, he's just yeah. look. But if the fart one will be the fart one will be lucky to make the cut. I can tell you that straight away, mate. Yeah. No, yeah maybe we can get Alexis to vote in. Um, okay, they get better here. And then this is when Mark War starts getting a little bit of curry. He goes. Uh, he sees Adam Perore, the the Kiwi uh, wicketkeeper. He goes. I remember you from a couple of years ago. You were shit then, and you're fucking useless now. To which Perore <laughs> replies, "Yeah, that's me." And I remember you were dating that old ugly slut. I've seen you married her now. You dumb cunt. <laughs> This is, getting, this is getting rather. Doesn't exactly go high. This is going rather. That's a good one, right? Getting rather <laughs> X-rated this episode. A lot of C bombs on this one, mate. Well, I felt safe doing the C bomb because I knew that there was going to be one later. Yeah. Okay. Perore, potty mouth perore. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that he starts it with. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you go, yeah, that's me. You, you know, you've, you've got a little bit of ammo in the gun. Uh, so Mark War, the, the um, eloquent Mark War again. He goes. James Orman came out to bat from England, and he goes, "What are you doing out here?" You're too shit to bat for England. And then Ormond says, maybe so, but at least I'm the best player in my family. Good. Yeah, I like the d- delivery on that one. That's no wonder it was a real zinger. Was, um... <laughs> maybe so. Maybe <laughs> so. I might have a cup of tea while I'm here and Roger my bottom with my fist. Yeah, it really it works well. Oh, there you go. Okay. And then, um, and then uh, Darren Cullinan, remember him? Daryl Cullinan? He was known yes, as Warren's Bunny. And so he Warren's Bunny. Out. Yeah. Yep. And Warren, he goes... Uh, I've been waiting two years for another chance at you. Cullinan goes, looks like you've spent it eating. <laughs> <laughs> and then Perore goes, you fat cunt. He just runs out easily. Uh, why, why, now we move on. Why did you turn Cullinan out he's in Lethal Weapon 2? It sounded like. <laughs> it became like, like you've spent it eating. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> it sounds like he's suddenly a, a villain. Yeah. yeah. Don't know what happened there. Mission Impossible. Mission like Impossible. spent it eating. Yeah. yeah. How would you do it? All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll be warned you be Cullinan, okay? I've been waiting two years for another chance at you. Looks like you've spent it eating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, too much of a pause at the beginning, but very good. Very good. Okay. Now we move on to Glenn McGrath, who you and I both, yeah. you know, full who disclosure, are? we're not the biggest fans of, but, you know, I'm sure that'll come through. Hold uh, fine. Before we, I 100% agree, but we, oh, shit, that was 100%. Uh, we ha- I completely agree. Yeah, 100%. But what I, will, <laughs> I said 100% agree, didn't say 100%. Um, completely agree, but I will say we do have to, you know, recognize the wonderful things he's done for the cancer movement and the, the pink ribbon, et yeah. cetera, before we mercilessly point out what an absolute dickhead we've always thought he, yeah. he was. Yeah. And he shoots elephants. Yeah, he's just an alpha. We're not big fans of <laughs> bludgeoning alphas. With, it seems like not a lot of brain cells going on. Big problem with people that shoot elephants. And he's a bully. Hard, he's a bully. He, he, shooting, shooting elephants, shooting, he's a bully. He, he, he played like a bully. That's shooting up, though, shooting an elephant. It is shooting up. You're right. Yeah, technically yeah. it's shooting up yeah. because they're bigger than you. Although yeah. McGrath, six, what, six, seven, six, eight, baby elephant. He, yeah. sh- he probably shoots baby elephants. That's that's how much of a bully. <laughs> 
probably puts on the baby. So you really revealed yourself. So why I even say you, you probably just, puts on the baby elephant walk? <laughs> and he's bang, just like shooting like baby elephant. Bang, bang, just with an air rifle, just like fucking. Yeah, just. He's turning into Ray Fiennes in Schindler's List. He's like, it's <laughs> <laughs> like little baby elephants running around with this, this black song on loop. Anyway, yeah, go on. Give us, give us your best move. He's uh, bowling to West Indian um, Sarwan. Remember Sarwan? He was a yeah, captain I do. I like, like, very risky. Liked him. Good yeah, he goes, hey. Too. He goes, oi, Sarwan, what does Brian Lara's cock taste like? <laughs> he goes, why don't you ask your wife? And he goes, if you mention my fucking wife again, I'll fucking rip your fucking throat out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Triggered much. <laughs> Give it out. Okay. That's the thing. It's a bit. Of, there's a bit of that. There's a bit of the um, the Warner stuff there. Like you just feel if Warner, if Warner was yeah. having a go at somebody else, because it says that Warner was apparently having a go at his sister, at uh, DeCock's sister. Yeah, for, yeah, for hours apparently. For hours, they said he was ripping. And this is the thing. This is what you find with bullies. This is what I find hilarious. Well, not hilarious, but telling about bullies is they'll rip you with really pathetic yeah. pathetic sledges and then when you nail a zinger on them that's when they go into full bludgeoning mode. they don't like they don't, it they don't they don't, they don't they like don't it like sir that. up them they don't like it sir up them <laughs> no that cold steel do they no. do you have another, really do you have another mcgrath or, should, or should, yeah you got, got, yeah, yeah of course of got, course yeah. Yeah, we're building yeah. up so, so glenn mcgrath to little known uh, zimbabwean batsman ido brandes he says, Not related to George Brandis, of course, either. And Marlon Brando was fat as well, yeah. so it kind of makes sense. He goes, uh, he goes, why are you so fat? And he goes, because every time I fuck your wife, she gives me a biscuit. And then he goes, <laughs> you fucking did say something about my fucking wife. I fucking ripped your fucking throat out. Fucking yeah, I mean, it's true. He does do that, but we should all. <laughs> anyway, so that's what happens. Is he he calls someone fat or shit, and then they say I fucked your wife, and then he, and we should full disclosure. Yes, uh, his wife did die of cancer, and she was ill, I think. During some of those um, return sledges, so does that uh, mean you've got immunity, diplomatic immunity? You can say anything. That's you want, a really good question. And they're not allowed. To- yeah, I mean, but did they know that his wife was sick? It's really good. I think you do have to be sensitive, um, in some ways. I, I, I well, give a lot you of- should. You shouldn't. Yeah, if you know, you shouldn't have give someone shit about their wife who's dying of cancer. Absolutely not. But yeah, so I hope Candace falls into uh, that. I don't think you should just put up with everything that they no. they say to you. No, no. Why are you so fat? Do you know, I, like, I just love that because apparently Harold from Neighbours used that one as well on the Neighbours tour because we, um, right. we get Neighbours people into Starlight where I work uh, and uh, and um, apparently like always English guys go, hey, Harold, why are you so fat? And he goes, oh, because every time I fuck your, uh, your mum, he says, mum, she gives me a biscuit. Good, yes. And I just think the word biscuit is funny. That's why I like Jimmy Kimmel having a sea biscuit reference. I just think the word, there's not many funnier words than biscuit. Yes, it's a funny word. It is a funny word. Brilliant. All right, well, thanks for that wrap-up on the sledging. Now, we're running a bit short on time, so I'm going to have to skip forward. No, should we have a look? Should we, should we have a quick look at uh, sledging and other? I think this, this should just be the sledging episode. I'll just quickly run through, and these aren't funny sledges. Uh, in the NBA, the godfather of sledging is Kevin Garnett, number 21, um, was a legendary uh, Timberwolves and then and then Celtic and apparently Tim Duncan, who's one of the greats of all time, who lost his mother to breast cancer at fourteen. He um he whispered in his ear, "Happy Mother's Day, motherfucker," into Tim Duncan's ear, and he also uh, told Carmelo Anthony wait, hold, that his wait, wife. Wait, how, how is that a sledge exactly? The the mother the Mother's Day thing. His mum's dead, and he goes, "Happy Mother's Day, motherfucker." Why would you say it? Just someone's mum's dead. So it's basically a sociopath. Like it's just that's just psychotic. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Unless okay. unless he just like liked 
you know, unless he thought Tim was a mum or something, like unless he thought Tim was like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger in junior and was able to give birth and like had his own children and was a mum. He said to Carmelo Anthony, he goes, "Um, your wife tastes like honey nut Cheerios. And apparently um, Carmelo Anthony, that's a psycho one as well because it doesn't mean anything. And apparently Carmelo Anthony- Honey nut Cheerios are pretty tasty (laughs) though, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. So he's saying- That's what he means. He's saying he's eating his wife. She tastes good. So it's a compliment, though. It's a, at least he's saying a nice thing. He didn't say that she tastes like you know off salmon or something. He said she tastes like. No, but he's but he's pretending he's slept with a guy's wife or at least eaten her. He just, we're pretending he, he he carried out cunnilingus on on the player's uh, wife. <laughs> yeah. So he wasn't listening to your dentists and um and Michael Douglas warning against the danger of eating. That's right. No. What is it called? HPV. Well, maybe maybe Carmela could have returned with an HPV reference then as a, a zinger. Yeah. Hope you get HPV. Yeah, serial fucker. Serial, yeah, serial killer. Des Headland. You'd remember yes. this one because he played the yes. other oh, yes, Dawkins. Yes. Dawkins. Can you talk mm. us through that one? Well, I didn't think it was a great one. It was basically he had a, a tattoo <laughs> of his um, of his daughter, Madison, on his arm. And uh, Adam. Turn away the punchline. Yep. Yes, Adam Selwood. Literally, literally the punchline. <laughs> Adam Selwood, who was a, a trier, what I call it, a really quality tryhard, and again, yeah, not like, even the second best player in his. Not family. even the second best player in his family. Uh, Scooter, I'd say Scooter, Scooter Selwood, is second best player. Um, Adam Selwood, tagger. So you know, definition of a tryhard. Um, said, oh, I, what did you just say? I fucked her. I'd say that going around. She's fucking her. hot. No, she's fucking hot, or something like that. Or maybe, right. yeah, maybe I, I'd fuck her. And it was his four-year-old daughter. Because it didn't – it just says Madison. It wasn't a picture, was it? No, 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 no. It was what happened. Adam Selwood <laughs> said, who's that on your arm? She's fucking hot. And he goes, um, yeah, that's my daughter. And he goes, yeah, I fucked her. And, that, and that's fucking <laughs> He said, I'm not having that. Did he headbutt him or did he punch him? He punched him. Yeah. Punched and, him. And, and then he got off on provocation, actually. Uh, yeah. It's well, pretty that's- – uh, yeah, that's, it wouldn't happen anymore. I think now you've just got to you've got to control, keep your emotions in check. Like I don't think they're letting Warner off lightly. And then the last one, unfortunately, is the coach of Essendon, uh, Woosher, John Worsfold, has had two shockers. He um, <laughs> uh, Ray Jenkins, I think, father committed suicide, and he uh, he did a hanging gesture to him. And um, yeah, and the other one was uh, Mick McGowan. Remember, he dropped that chess mark in the final. Yes. I think he ran up and said something t- about him to Darren about Darren Mullane. So, and like, that was after the siren. Like that was that's that's the worst when you. It's not even. It's all bad, but that just shows how kind of psycho he was. That is like they'd won the game, but he wanted he wanted to to rub it in and taunt him after he'd won after he'd, he'd dropped a mark to lose the game. Yeah, full disclosure, guys. Mick McGowan played for the Collingwood Football Club, and Darren Mullane tragically died in a car accident um, prior to um, the match, about a year or two prior from memory. So it was uh, fresh, relatively fresh wounds, and completely unnecessary mm-hmm. um, from Westfold. But you know, the the, the smiling chem- the smiling assassin, the 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 chemist. Um, Famously, he was known as suffering from white line fever. They said that off off the off the field, he was a wonderful, uh, a lovely guy. On the field, he was basically Hitler. He turned into a, a, a one of the nastiest pieces. <laughs> he was a of chemist, work. wasn't he? He was one of. It was when they still had jobs. He worked as a as a pharmacist. Yeah, and when they said white line fever. When they said that about Westfield, they weren't talking about white lines off the field. That was the that was later with West Coast, the the Cousins and Gardner era, where white line fever took on a completely different meaning, which had nothing to do with crossing the white line on the field. It had more to do with other things. And I'm sure, dear listeners, you can put that together for yourself. Gentlemen, George, full disclosure, no holds barred. 
some, some great stuff on there. It's great stuff. And, and, and a real, uh, I think a real education in Australian culture to a large extent in terms of the way the sledges compared to something like uh, the Garnets, which I thought were pretty pretty average, to be honest with you, whereas the Australian ones are distinctly average, um, but also really bottom gutter level in a lot of ways. It's, just, it's usually just Mark Ward just going, hey, you're fucking shit, aren't you? You're fucking, you're fucking shit. <laughs> That's apparently what Hayden was like too, just, just swear words yeah. the whole time and then he'd cross himself. Yes. Yeah. Oh, before I move on in terms of sledges, uh, a couple of jokes from last night's poker I've got to share just quickly. Oh, I think you're a big fan of the, the poker update. Yeah. First one, where do you weigh whales? <laughs> where where do you weigh whales, George? At the whaleway station. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then Doc uh, came in. You can't in. actually say that. You can't actually tell that joke anymore. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Doc came in with where do you weigh pies? Where? Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, <laughs> way up high. Did he make that up? Do you think? Or did he have that? They all sang it in unison, oh. staring at me when he went for it. They've known it very well. Were you very stoned? Were you very stoned at that point? No, we don't. No, no, just 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 food and coffee. Um, and then Tim, <laughs> stunk hard. And then Tim Burns came in with this beauty. Um, what was the jolly swag man's name? What? What do you reckon? See if you can figure it out. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not, not here to solve jokes. That's not how jokes work. I hate people. That's that what he did. That's what he, that's what he did. He asked us to try and figure it out. So, just <laughs> for non-Australians. Ask me the question again. The Jolly Swagman's from Walsing Matilda. Uh, it's a character in the, in the song. Yeah. Hey, um, what, what was the Jolly Swagman's name, do you reckon? Jolly. No. Swag. No. Walsing Matilda. Along came a... Jolly swag. No, fuck this. I don't. I don't. I didn't come here to think. I came here to shoot the shit with my mate, Andy. What? Andy sang. Andy watched. <laughs> he sang. Did Andy you come up with it? What's that? Did you come? No. Did you come up with it? No, no, no. No one could figure it out. I hate shit like that. <laughs> it was pretty Tim good. Burns, that was him being. His, that was him taking control of the, the table. Yeah, Tim Burns, a very good friend of ours, Jono's cousin, um, actor as well. Full disclosure. Johnny the Boy from Mad Max. I wasn't going to mention it, but yeah, I think it's good that you did. Johnny the Boy from Mad Max, uh, Monkey Johnny, Puzzle. Johnny. Uh, yeah, I said Johnny the Boy. What, what, what do you think said, I said? You used to go out with Noni Hazelhurst. Yeah, you used to famously date Noni, Noni Hazelhurst and a, a, a very funny man. Um, <laughs> so moving on to speaking of funny men, I'm going to go on to. I'm going to go to a very dramatic piece now because I had the comedy last oh, week, apparently, cool. even though it was non-intentional. So we're going to try and follow that up with something far more serious. Um, the great the <laughs> concept with this one is, again, like last week, it's very autobiographical. I don't think it's going to be serious. I think you're tricking us here. I think it's going to be pretty bawdy and silly. It's, it's going to be guess. very autobiographical. At the end of each episode now, I thought we'd finish with a full disclosure. We tell an embarrassing story about ourselves. And this particular radio drama piece will lead on to me talking about my full disclosure for the week. The Courtesans, episode N. Oliver. Yes, Caspian? Oliver, can you hear me? Yes, I can, Caspian. I can hear you very well. Well, uh, it's a bit hard, but I've, I need to talk to you about something. Well, what is it? Should we go outside? Should we leave the, the chamber orchestra? Yes, I think we should, if we must. Yes, because it's quite hard talking over them, unless I can ask them to quieten down. No, I don't think we can do that. There's too many people around, and... They don't really like requests or anything like that. Right, right. Should we go outside then, Oliver? Yes, yes, let's do that. All right, I'll see you outside. Yes, yes, I'll see you there. Now, what is it you wanted to speak <laughs> about, Caspian? Right. Yeah, I'm not actually, um, I'm not entirely sure I 
It's a bit different now that there's not the, um, the strings in the background. Yes, it's quieter, isn't it, Caspian? Yes, yes, it is, Oliver. Um, what to do with my father? Yes. You know my father? Yes, I do. I know him very well. No, you don't. You don't actually know him very well. No, I don't, but I, I know of him very well. <laughs> yes, well, everyone does. He's rich. Yes. Yes, he's very rich. Yes. Anyway, um, it's a bit, um, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a sensitive subject matter, Oliver. Yes. I like sensitive subject matters. Um, yeah, I don't know why you're talking like that, Oliver, but let's, um, let's get to the, the crux of it. Yes, the crux. Yes, the crux. Yes, the crux. Yes, the crux of it. Um, basically, my father's married a much younger woman, you're aware of that? Yes. And you also know that he's a blue blood. Oh, yes. The bluest of all. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, I wouldn't say the bluest of all. Well, he's very... Very wealthy. Yes. And old money as well. Very old. Yes. The money. Yes. Yes. He's a dying breed. Yes. Well, that's exactly it, Oliver. He is a dying breed. And his much younger wife wants to have a child. Yes. And he can't. What? He can't. What? He can't. He can't. No. No, he can't. What's wrong? Do I have to spell this out, Oliver? Yes, Caspian. Please. I don't think I want to. Please. <laughs> Please, Caspian. Sate me. What? Sate me. What? Sate me. Sate you? What does that mean? Fill me. Sorry? Fill me with your tidbits of goodness. Like a snuff box. Like a what? Like a snuff box. Like, like a box. Fill me with it. Fill, fill me, fill me, Caspian, fill me. Right, you need to calm down. I'm, I'm not going to put tobacco in you. No. No, of course not. No, just forget, forget the sate thing. Right, so moving along, Oliver, he actually asked me into his bedchambers recently. Oh, my God. What? Go on. Yes, well, he asked me into his bedchambers and, um... He got me to sit down. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. Yeah. Are you all right? Yes, I'm fine. Go on. Right, so then he, he sat me down and he told me... He told me that his... He told me his undercarriage wasn't operational. Yes, and then he asked you to touch him. No, no, it's not that sort of story. It's not that sort of story at all, Oliver. Look, if I'm going to tell you this, you need to calm down and stop being such a, a lecherous weirdo. Yes, sorry. I'm very sorry. Right. Um... Can you can you actually just move away a little bit? Yeah, sorry. Just, yes, because you, you're you're actually a bit sweaty, and you've actually just you've actually just my shoulders wet. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. I'll take two steps back. Yeah, two, um, two and a half. Is that all right? Yes, two and a half. Right. So moving along, he's um asked me to um provide, provide for him. Provide. Yes, but he's rich. No, 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 not financial. He wants me to donate my spirit. Donate your spirit. Do I have to spell this out, Oliver? He wants me to impregnate his much younger wife. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is too delicious. Yes. How does he want you to roger her in, in numerous different ways? How, how does he propose that he... you you? How does he propose... <laughs> how, how does he propose that you do it? Well, he wants me to, um... He wants me to expire into a... A flute. A flute? Yeah, a champagne flute, not the instrument. Right, right, go on. Yes, um, and then I assume he will in some way inject it into the mix, if you follow. Right. But why you? I'm a blue blood. I'm the last of our breed, and he says that if it's mine, then it's his. Do you follow? It's about stopping us from becoming common. We don't want to mix with the, with the hubbub, with the, 
with the standard Joe Blow. We don't want to be surrounded by plebeians. It's important that we maintain the elite few that we are. We're better than them, Oliver. Much better. And we must stay better. And the way we'll stay better is by impregnating our mothers and our brothers and our sisters and just keeping it in the family, really. Do you, do you follow what I mean? Yes, but you can't impregnate brothers. Yes, but you know what I mean. It's keeping it in the family, right? We're keeping it in. In. Follow? In. Yes. Yes, I follow. Well, if I was you... Yes? I'd go through with it. Why? Because there's not many of you left. Not many of you big, beautiful beings left. You're a chosen few. And if you don't procreate, then who will? That rabble out there, that uneducated, simple, sport-loving, bread-eating, finger-fiddling... They can't even read music. Yes, it's true. I mean, they can't... They can't even appreciate a string quintet. No. No, they can't. They don't even know what a quintet is. What's five, isn't it? Yeah, but they don't know it's five. No. No, they don't. They probably think it's, you know, like something to do with a quill or something, or, or um... Uh, you know, they probably think it's, um... They just don't know what it is. No, they don't. They don't know. They don't know what it is. They don't know what a quartet is. They don't know what a trio is. Oh, they probably know what a trio is. Yeah. Yeah, well, trio sounds like three, so that's obvious. But quartet isn't obviously four. No, it's not. It's not at all, Oliver. No, see, they don't know that stuff. No, no, they don't. Yeah, so go for it, I say. Now, I'd hug you, but I'm, I am covered in sweat. Yeah, you are. Yeah, it's not really that hot a day either. No. No, it's not. I suppose I should go and, I don't know, um, go and change my clothing. Yes, probably. But look, thanks for the chat. It's wonderful to hear another opinion. You're a real sounding board. Anytime. Anytime. Shall we go back and enjoy the music? Yes, after you've changed. All right. Here's to you. No. No, 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 no. No, Oliver. Here's to you. You're a real friend. And a confidant. And a paramour. And a scholar. And a nice guy. And most importantly, you're my nice guy. Yes. Yes, I am. Right, that's it. Is <laughs> <laughs> it birds at the end there, Dort? Yeah, birds. Yeah. Are they birds? Yeah, they're birds. Yeah, yeah. that's how you did it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just, you know, you shouldn't have broken the, the trance I was in again then. Like, you know, yeah. you could have really. Could have milked it more. Good stuff, mate. It's, yeah, it's nothing like, nothing like the hybrid. No, it's not. It's very different. Very different. Real, real diversity. And and this time, two characters. Yes. That was hard. <laughs> oh, am I speaking to one of them now? No. No, that was hard. That was hard. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's, yeah. And did you did you uh, record the, the voices separately or did you just do it in one go? One go. One go. It's very, it's very uh, almost split personality of you that you're able to chum, chum, chum. Yeah, you could say that. That's yeah. quite strange. Now, do you know what story it was alluding to in relation to my own life? Oh, so we're not even going to go talk about it. You just want to move on to the. You can if you want anything you want to say about it. Like uh, finding out about your process more. Like, is this mm-hmm. similar? Sure. Did you have a similar big. You didn't have a big. Like, last time with the hybrid, you know, it was this kind of unhinged ramblings that you blamed on, you know, a, a massive hangover and lack of sleep. Whereas this time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Were you listening? Were you what was you what was your kind of uh, research beforehand? Were you watching some some English courtroom, not courtroom, uh, royal court kind of dramas? What are they called? No. 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 no none. None at all. No. no uh-huh. Just off the top of my dome. No. <clears throat> it was not written. Just off the top of my dome, all at once, and a little bit <laughs> of editing at the end. Uh, but I, I knew what theme. 
And similar to um, <laughs> the hybrid, I practiced what I would say in the car and uh, during the day uh, when I was by myself at any given time, I would be talking yep. to myself, trying different um, storylines and, and gags and interactions uh, that I would then put down when it came time to do it. Yeah, nice one. Oh, so, but, and then you just did it all in one go yep. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was their relationship? Who, who, who are they to each other? They're just mates? That's a very good question, John. I mean, it's, it, there's a lot of possibilities with those two. We're going to be hearing from them again next week, are we? Well, I beg your pardon. Well, next week, I, I, no, I think next week's going to be in the style of Tim Winton. I think is uh, my feelings for oh, next fantastic. week. Fantastic, Australiana okay. this time. Uh, a bit of more of the Nico Sando sort of Black Rocky Nick Enrighty slash Tim Winton world yeah. because I did I did a um, audition for an audio book for um, Breathe or Breath. I'm not sure what the correct pronunciation of the actual novel is, but it reminded me of that rolling colloquial sort of Australian slangy sort of fucking you know that kind of thing. Um, so. Yeah. I, It'd be quite fun, I think, to do something in that style next week. It's full disclosure. The Jono and Dorge podcast. Um, yep. So, okay, I'm going to try and guess what it's about. Is it when your dad asked you to have sex with his <laughs> with his current wife? He didn't ask me to have sex with her, but um, but no, I, I, I get it because blue blood. We can transcribe uh, transpose blue blood here for Tibetan. And unfortunately, I'm, I still haven't met your dad. When I talk about Dorge as a Don Draper, there are lots of things that just come out very kind of like- uh, um, It's my genetic father. I shouldn't call him my dad because I do have a stepfather who's been around since I was four or five. But my genetic father um, did famously contact me and asked me to donate my sperm to impregnate his much younger Tibetan wife who'd oh, flown in from India. I didn't know that. And because- Yeah, I wasn't sure if you'd heard about this. Um, And then what happened is basically he he had erection dysfunction issues. Um, uh, He's getting on. He's not a young man anymore. And he brought this young lady over who's at my age, sort of in her early to mid-30s or or around my age. And um, she wants to have a child. And he said, look, Georgie, if I don't provide her with a child, she'll probably leave me. Um, And I said, okay, sure, no, I see. And they said, so maybe you could could, uh, help me out with that. And I was like, sorry? And he's like, you know, you could... uh, you could uh, help me impregnate her. I was like, I don't. I are you asking? And, and it turned out he was asking what I thought he was asking. He was, and he said, you know, if it, if it was you, if it was yours, then it would be, it would still be Tibetan. So you know, because he has this thing about basically he had a dream where I was, I'm going to procreate with a Western woman, a white woman, and therefore the bloodlines will be diluted. And so it was very, very clear, important to him that uh, he maintains the, uh, the Tibetan side. And, uh, the other thing is he also leveraged things a little bit by offering, he was offering to help me get a, a mortgage, uh, get a, a place. And he quickly removed that offer when it became clear <laughs> that I wasn't going to provide you, my sperm. I thought when you just provided it too quickly, when you just fed, fed extra, <laughs> a flute of semen. Oh, so yeah, right. So you could have got a mortgage out of it. Yeah, that was the that was the. Uh, it just quickly disappeared. It was like so. It, it was like, the narrative you just expire. You come and he's like, ah, no house for you. And now I've got your sperm. No, but um, no. He uh he had this narrative that you know in Tibetan culture that if you don't own a property by forty, which I don't think makes sense because they're nomads, but they say that if you don't own a property by forty, you're never going to own a property. And he's like, you know, it's important that we get this going. Blah blah. blah. And then suddenly, once I uh, re- rebuked him on the ridiculous request, then. And of course, the um, the, the support, was financial it, did support. Did you say I'll think about it? No, 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 no. Did you say I'll 
No, I did not. Was I said, it in person? I said, no, I was on fi- on the phone. I said, no, you can. Ca- I'm categorically not going <laughs> to impregnate your your partner. It's ludicrous. It's not going to happen. So, and yeah. how did he? How did he suggest you do it? Oh, you mean the actual schematics? Yeah. Yeah. No, there was no, there was nothing like that. There was no actual reference to the schematics. We didn't go that far. I didn't let it get that far. This, what was very interesting was I contacted my mum afterwards and said, "Oh, you never guess what Pasung just asked me to do," and and she said, "Oh, did he ask you to impregnate his wife?" I said, "Yes." How did you know? Because I just expected that he would. The fact he was contacting you about um, helping you financially with the property it seemed to me that there was something going on. Like she knew him well enough that that would have been part of the deal. Whoa. Yeah. That's nuts, dude. Yeah, it's nuts. It nuts. It's crazy. You'd be a motherfucker. You'd what? Be a motherfucker. And I, and this is the other funny thing. My brother would be my my brother would be my uncle. What would it be? No, my, my brother would be my cousin. You'd be your, you'd be your brother's uncle. No, no, my brother would. I'd, I'd be my, my brother would be my son. My brother would be my son, wouldn't it? <laughs> my brother is my son. My, bro- <laughs> I'd be my brother's uncle. My brother is my son. And I'm a real motherfucker. Um, but apparently, in Tibetan society is quite common to share a wife if you're your two brothers or three brothers, because you'd be all sort of ranging around on the plains, you see, with like your thousand goats or whatever, and your yaks, and then you you put your tent up, and you, you know that there's not a lot of uh, it's a bit economy really. You don't, you've got one one person, and then you know you just you move around together. I guess shift work or something. Your, your, your dad's full blood Tibetan. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you be you're half Tibetan. Correct. Yes, I am. I am half. So this this. Baby, if this happened, would be seventy five percent Tibetan. Is that how it works, or how did? Yes, it would be. I guess three quarters. Yeah, that's three right. Quarters, yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, that's that's some full disclosure right there. So there you, you go. There's 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 some juicy full disclosure. People it doesn't get much more mind blowing than yeah. that particular offer. And it, the truth of life is often stranger than fiction. And that's what you can count on week in week out on full disclosure. And I guess on that note, we'll wrap up this week's episode. Jono, I'll leave it to you to as customary to sign off. Well, we got to a lot of things today. We found we heard another great radio play. We heard Dorji's drop the bombshell about uh, impregnating a stepmom, but we left a lot of stuff in the tank as well. So we're going to do another one really quick. We're hearing some great stuff from all you guys. You're enjoying it. Thanks so much for jumping on board. Full disclosure. See you soon. Double header coming to you soon. Gentlemen, Dorji. Full disclosure in the raw.